Good evening, everyone. Happy Saturday to all of you. I am so appreciative as the host of our QR Moving Forward Revival this evening to be your host. I am James Doggett Jr. Listen, I'm here and I have some amazing people who are here with me. But can I just welcome all of you guys as you are tuning in? Thank you guys for showing up right on time. Y'all are early. I saw some of you guys early ready to get your worship on on a Saturday night. Listen, ain't God good. God is using this quarantine, pandemic, COVID-19 situation to get you to worship him even on a Saturday night. Ain't the Lord good. I appreciate you guys for again tuning in. I want to make sure we pause real quick and let's go ahead and press that share button. We need to share this experience with those who, with whom we are in connection. Why? Because God's about to do something great. I'm already feeling it in the atmosphere. God is about to move like never before. And I don't want you to miss it. And I definitely don't want your people to miss it. So go ahead and press that share button. Pause for a moment. I know you're putting your comments in. I know you're pressing that heart button. I know you're pressing that thumbs up, but press that share button because we want to make sure that everybody is aware that this is happening live right here, right now. Again, my name is James Doggett, and I am privileged to in invite you to join us for our night seven of the Quarantine Moving Forward Revival. This is it. We have now concluded and culminated our first week of revival. If you were blessed this week, I need you to press that heart button. Press it right now. Press it right now so that we can see how God has been blessing you how the Spirit of God has been using these men of God to preach this power-packed word and to also bless those who are in financial crisis through your amazing faithfulness, through your amazing generosity. You deserve to be celebrated. And if ain't nobody else going to celebrate you, I'm going to stop right now and give you a round of applause. Why? Because you deserve it. Actually, as a matter of fact, let me put this in gallery view because I got some people who are here with me. Can yeah. you guys just clap your hands with me real quick? Let's celebrate all of these amazing individuals who have been tuning in all week. Well, are y'all ready to get your worship on tonight? I'm ready, Doc. I'm ready, man. Very good. All right, I'm ready. All right. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on forward because I'm ready to get to the word. I'm ready to get to the worship. Um, so I want to go ahead and share a couple of things with you guys. Earlier this week, we had Pastor Rashad Burton who came through and he launched us into this amazing experience. Mm -hmm. We got to celebrate him because being that first person to, to leave the block with the baton and to run as fast and as effectively as he ran that leg of the race, we got to say thank you to Pastor Rashad Burton. You killed on Sunday night. And then the following night, we had someone who was straight disrespectful. I agree with the sensei when he said that he didn't have to do what he did by preaching that message with such clarity and power and poise. His name was Richard Martin, and we appreciate Richard for doing his thing on Tuesday night. What about Wednesday, or that was Monday night. What about Tuesday night? Oh, yeah, we can't run past Tuesday because Pastor Laurent Grosvenor came through and he represented for Texas and for England and for all of this world when he declared that power-packed word to remind us that, listen, God has some good, bad timing. That thing was amazing, and he gave us that relevant word that we needed to keep moving forward in this season. What about on Wednesday night? Was anyone tuning in Wednesday? We had the sensei himself, Dr. James Doggett Sr. I'm sorry, let me back up. Dr. James Richard Doggett Sr. He came through and he reminded us that God will use on the playground of trouble 
lessons to learn, uh, lessons to mature us and grow us and to take us to the next dimension and the next level of spiritual power. That man preached that word and we appreciate him for coming through. Yeah. And then we had on Thursday night, Lord, Thursday night was a problem, mainly because we had a whole country that was a whole island that was on with us. And they were causing a bunch of problems. They were all in the comments. They were pressing that like button. They were pushing their pastor. Who was their pastor? Y'all remember Pastor Damon Hendrickson. That man brought a power-packed word. If you were blessed by his message, press that like button. Press it right now. We appreciate him for coming through and reminding us that we got to fight through the fog, y'all. We got to keep on moving. We're so close and we can't give up after coming this far and being this close to what God has for us. We then, last night, had a ver another very disrespectful preacher who came through with the sword of the, the, the word and the sword of the spirit. And he was chopping us to pieces, reminding us that, look, we don't need to deal with stuff that has gone beyond this expiration date. That was one of the 15,000 points that he gave us to bless us because he was so deep. We appreciated him. Y'all remember who that was? That was none other than Pastor Marquise Johns. Pastor Johns came through and he represented well for the West Coast, for Cali, baby. He's over there as the Laker fan holding it down. Down, and we appreciate him for last night declaring that power-packed word. Tonight, 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 let me say that again. Tonight, tonight, we have a word that has been deposited into a special vessel. His name is none other than Pastor Daniel Kelly. Pastor yeah. Daniel Kelly had to be our mystery preacher because we needed y'all to know that although God did have something planned and we tried to build it up, listen, God knew that this was going to happen way before any of us knew it was going to take place. So we're ready. We, If you're ready, if you came with your plate and you're ready to receive of God, if you came with your cup and you want God to fill it to overflow, if you are prepared for the spirit of God to whisper sweet nothings in your ear and to remind you that he loves you and to posit a message into your spirit that will catapult you into the next dimension, then I want you right now to press that like button if you're ready to receive the word of God as preached through his vessel, Pastor Daniel Kelly. We're grateful that you are here, sir. Thank you so very much for being our first QR Mystery Night speaker. You'll notice that we have the, the, the hashtag QR Mystery Night. The reason why we say QR Mystery Night is because we are going to have every Saturday night in this revival some mysterious speaker and artist who is going to come through and bless us. So you want to make sure that you are staying tuned. Now, I'm curious to know, has anyone accepted the QR challenge? That is, have you committed yourself to trying to be here with us, worshiping every single night and invite a friend to come with you? Don't be selfish with this blessing. You better don't tell somebody else. So we want to make sure that you know that the QR challenge is a commitment to come with us. Every who, who was here? If you've been here every single night, we need to know. Go ahead and put that in the comments and say, hey, I've been here. Let us know that you've been here every single we appreciate your consistency we appreciate your presence and tonight we celebrate you for accepting the qr challenge now before i tell you a little bit more about daniel kelly pastor daniel kelly and where he comes from and all of his pastoral experience and all this amazing stuff about this man of god i got a couple of announcements to to make 
we also have with us, not just Pastor Daniel Kelly, but we also have who's going to lead us in our song of worship tonight, Mr. Daryl Walls. I have to put Mr. because he is anointed and he's a man of God. And he's going to tonight lead us to the throne before the message is preached. So we're appreciative that Daryl Walls is also going to be with us this evening. Now, here it is. We made the announcement last night that if anyone were to guess, if you were to guess who were who the mystery speaker and the mystery artist was, you were going to get blessed with two things. One, a copy of my 90-day devotional entitled A Standing Ovation, which we're about to send, as well as $100 via Cash App. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you that somebody actually guessed this thing right. I couldn't believe it when they put it in the comments. I'm not going to lie. It caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting for it to happen, especially not that fast. But it, this person is actually going to, I'm going to call this person right now because y'all need to know that this is a real live person and that we're serious about this thing. We need you to know. And I'm going to turn this up real quick. And I'm going to introduce you to the winner of our contest tonight. Let me see. PJ, are you on the line? He's on the line. Listen, we have the winner right now of our first QR Mystery Night Challenge. And this is none other than Patrick Sam Samson PJ. You all know him as PJ. And can I ask a quick question, sir? Are you excited to be our first QR Mystery Night winner? Oh, I'm so excited, man. This is like, this is serious. I'm really excited about this emotional and Hey, I don't know if you heard everything he said. He said that he's grateful because his wife is pregnant, y'all. And this came right up. Can I tell y'all something? God knows what he's doing. He'll orchestrate this thing so that you get what you need right when you need it, not before or after, but right on time. So thank you so much for participating. I have a quick question for you. Has the money been sent to you? He said it's real, and it, <laughs> and it has been sent. So you have confirmation that we're serious about our QR Mystery Night Challenge. Thanks again, PJ, for playing. God bless you, and I hope you're worshiping with us tonight. Are you tuning in? Definitely, man. I'm going to tune in every night from now on. He said every night from now on. We got his commitment, y'all. Will you be blessed? Appreciate you again for participating. I want you to know that the money that was sent to him, the $100, was not taken out of the QR, uh, the quarantine revival cash app fund. This was not touched. We didn't touch that because we made the commitment that every single penny that you send to that specific cash app will be used to help families that are in financial crisis. So this came from somewhere else. We did not touch your seed. Your seed is in the ground. And guess what? It's germinating and growing and it's blessing people. We have, oh, Pastor Humphreys, Pastor Kelly. I have another announcement to make tonight. I got too much good news. I can't wait to tell you guys what's happening. Let me go ahead and put this on gallery view so everybody can see you all. I want you guys to know, Pastor Kelly and Pastor Humphreys, that on Wednesday night, when we got word that that young lady who has a 10-year-old, she's pregnant and about to give birth to her son, when she, we found out that she was in financial crisis, all of you who sold your seeds into that cash app, the money signed, the quarantine revival, we took that money and we sent it directly to her. She got over $500 that night. But we said, we're not going to stop there. We're not yeah. going to stop. We're going to set up a, a registry for her. 
because she's so close. She's going to have this baby within the next month, any day now. And we want to make sure that we set this up for her so that she can receive. So y'all, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen because I want you guys to know where you can go. Write this down, screenshot it on your phone. I want you guys to know where you need to go in order to bless this young lady who is expecting. You need to go to tgt.gifts forward uh, what is that? Forward slash God's child forever. We didn't give you her specific name, but we want you to use this uh, particular URL. This is the direct link that will take you to her registry. And listen, let's buy everything, y'all. Let's buy it all. Anything that she put on that registry, we want to make sure we bless her with those necessities. So tgt.gifts forward slash God's child Forever. I hope you got that. I hope you screenshotted it. Make sure that you go there and you do what you do, what you do. Be the generous minister of the gospel that you are by blessing her in this particular way. Uh, man, that's exciting. Are you guys excited about that, Pastor Humphreys and I'm Pastor Kelly? That's awesome. That's awesome news. Praise God, man. Yeah, God is good. God is good. God is good. So not only were we able to bless her by setting up this, this uh, registry, but we also wanted to make sure that you all knew that we were able to send $500. No, no, I'm sorry, $400 to a woman in Houston, Texas, who has two kids, single mother, who's in a very uh, serious financial strait. And we were able to bless her as well. So listen, all of you who've been giving, we say thank you. And we ask that you would just know that the money is being used to bless people who are in need. So continue. If you want to give, if you want to sow, the money sign the quarantine revival. Now, let me tell you that some people have been asking me, I don't have cash app. Can I give in a different way? The answer that I'm going to give you right now in faith is yes. By tomorrow night, I'm going to have a website designed so that you can go straight to the website. I don't know what the URL will be yet. I got to make sure that it's free, but I'm thinking it'll be the, the quarantinerevival.com. I'll let you guys know, but we're going to set that up so that you guys can give even if you don't have the cash app, because I know that you want to help people who are in financial crisis. So thank you guys so much for your gifts. Now, I didn't ask you this before, but let me go ahead and ask you right now. If you are tuning in and you are not from America, you're not, look, you're not tuning in from the States, let us know where you are. I want to look in the, the comments and see where you're tuning in. I see some folk tuning in from the West Coast, from the North, from the South, from the East. Um, but I want to know, where are you? I, I got some folk from Bermuda. I got some people uh, from Puerto Rico who I know are watching. If you guys are watching from a different look, please let us know. Te text us, send that comment, and let us know where you are tuning in from. We appreciate you again for tuning in this evening. Now, listen, I want to give a special shout out before Pastor Humphreys prays uh, to a young lady from Bermuda. Her name is Aisha. Now, Aisha has gone through a very serious situation where she lost her brother and she tuned in last night. And we were grateful that she was able to tune in and be blessed by Pastor Marquise John's word as he declared it with power and clarity. We thank you for tuning in last night. I pray to God that you're able to tune in tonight and know that we're gonna be praying for you and with you. Pastor Humphreys is gonna lift your name up. And we also are gonna pray for the Hanson family. The Hanson family, um, these are members of my church here at First Church of Riviera Beach. 
and they just lost their brother as well. So we're gonna pray for the Hanson family. And listen, if you have any requests, make sure that you send them to us. We wanna pray with specificity for you. All of you who've been telling us what it is we need to pray for, you've been sending in your, your requests, thank you. Please know that we're praying for you each and every day. So we appreciate you for sharing what it is that you are praying about in your secret prayer closet. Pastor Humphreys, we are about to go to the throne, but before you do, let me tell the people a little bit about Pastor Daniel Kelly. Pastor Daniel Kelly is from the other side of the country. Now, you know I'm always representing Cali, right? And people have their opinions about whether or not I'm really from California. I am from California, point blank period, okay? And now that everyone is clear that I'm from Cali, all the way on the other side of the country, up there in a a state called New York. Yeah. Lord help us, man. New York. Are there any New Yorkers in the house? Y'all rowdy bunch. I need y'all to calm down. We're about to worship the Lord. Listen, Pastor Kelly is, is from the great state of New York. And I want you to know that we met at Oakwood University years ago. And this man of God has been so down to earth. He's a man with many talents. He does not just preach. He plays the drums. That was one of my greatest that's why i admired him for the most really the fact that the man could go on a drum set and hold it down for you he is an amazing husband he is an amazing student not just academically but he is a student of life who does what he does with the discernment of god's spirit and i'm telling you right now that he is a shining star and i need you guys to know that you are in for a treat tonight because this boy can preach when we were in our preaching class, I need you to know that this man won the homiletics award. I'm just going to give it to you. He won the homiletics award in my preaching class. We actually split the award, but let me just be honest with you. Um, some people thought it was nepotism because, listen, my dad did teach the class. I ain't going to lie on that. But at the same time, this man, he came through and he murdered Every single time he delivered the message of God behind the pulpit, it was power packed and anointed. And I want you to know that he is down to earth. He got his hat on tonight. I know I need you to know that although he is anointed, he is one of those skate. He he's a scathing rebuke mm -hmm. um, to many preachers around the world, um, because here's the deal. We have too many shepherds that don't smell like sheep. Mercy. And this is the man of God who will dismount the pulpit. He will go into your home. He will, in a very down-to-earth way, minister to you and never make you feel like you are below him or lesser than. He is an amazing man of God. And we appreciate you for coming here tonight and delivering this word. So this is what we're going to do. Let's go to God in prayer. After we pray, we'll then hear from Daryl Walls. And after Daryl Walls, we will hear none other than Pastor Daniel Kelly. At this time, take us to the throne, Pastor Humphreys. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the power and the grace of Jesus Christ. Lord, tonight, night seven, we're still giving you praise, honor, and glory because you are worthy and it's the least that we can do. God, tonight, there's so many different things that Pastor Dogger has already shared, the things that are going on, the lives that we're touching, the people that we're reaching out to. God, right now, I pray for every endeavor. I pray for that young lady that's about to give birth. God, I pray everything that she needs, everything will come to her in a timely manner. God, we're praying right now that you will be with those of us, Lord, who are watching online, who are still got concerns in our home. We're still worried about things at work. We're still worried about some family members, Lord, who may be sick. God, right now, tonight is a night for somebody to say, Lord, what can I do to draw 
even closer to you. God, we, we lift up the name of Aisha Rogers and the Hanson family, God, uh, in a very special way. We're praying for them right now, Lord, those who they, they lost some brothers, God, and we just pray right now that you will send the comforter to be by their side in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for what you are continuing to do in the lives of those who work in the medical fields, Lord, those who are still in the hospitals, Lord, working hard. We're praying for every person that is sick. We're praying for every person that has not been feeling well with this issue. God, we pray right now that you will continue to exceedingly abundantly above all we can ever imagine or think. Those names that are right now going into the comments, God, we're praying for every family, every person lifted up. We're praying, God, that you will begin to move in a very special way. Lord, tonight, we need a word from the Lord. Lord, so have your way in our homes, have your way over our phone, our iPad, wherever we're watching, God, on the TV screen, whatever it is, God, we need to hear a word from you. So be with Pastor Kelly in a very special way, God. Lord, let his lips, study the words that he preaches from his lips, God, let it be something that's powerful that comes straight from your lips. We love you, we thank you, and we cannot wait to experience you tonight. We pray these things, Lord, in your name, amen and amen. Let's go ahead and get our hearts and minds on the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who reigns over everything. There was no one greater, there was no one bigger, there was no one stronger, there was none more powerful than the God who reigns supreme. Open up your mouth and give him glory. Oh, yeah. 
taking us to the throne and reminding us that God is everything. Tonight, we're excited again to have you, Pastor Kelly. We want you to know that we are praying with you, that we are excited about what the Lord is going to declare through you as his servant. So the floor is now yours. Thank you for coming. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor JD to Daryl Music City Walls. Good grief. I'm going to say the name again. Daryl Music City Walls. Thank you for letting the Lord use you so mightily for blessing our hearts and preparing the table uh, for us to eat from the bread crumbs that fall from our almighty God. Let me just say, take a moment to celebrate. And if you could just hit that heart button for my pastor, my friend, my buddy in ministry, uh, brother, pastor JD, we thank you for being an innovator, man. I've watched you grow, doc. I've watched you change from being a preacher to a minister. And it has been the most spectacular thing that I've ever seen in my life. I honor you. I honor your wife. I honor your son. I honor your daughter. I honor your whole family, your dad, your granddad, your audiologist. You are a prince of preachers, man. And, uh, and I, I respect you, bro. And I'm really honored. Listen, when I saw the lineup on all these great preachers that y'all have, Elder, I was okay just watching. I was all right sitting on the sideline. I was just glad saying that I know you, you know, but uh, when you called me to put my voice and to lend it with the horses, I said, uh, what is man that thou art mindful of me? Uh, but I'm just grateful to be in the likes and in the room. Dr. Humphreys, God bless you, man. Thank you for the prayer to your beautiful wife. Y'all are awesome. Y'all are amazing. And to my wife, she's here with me. She don't want to get on camera, but she's with me. She's with me. If y'all hear a little organ in the background, y'all got to bear with me. I'm a preacher uh, in my heart, man. And, uh, and I don't believe in church without... Uh, any uh, Hammond. And so some years ago, I downloaded a, a app for fun um, that backs up preachers. <laughs> Did I ever know that I really need it? <laughs> Come on, man, use it. 
for the last few Sabbaths. I've been preaching in my living room, and my wife's been backing me up on the heaven, and my church love it. Y'all going to love it, too. Uh, Dr. Doggett, Dr. Rupert Bushner, all my pastor buddies, all my members, all who tuned in, God bless you. And, uh, and to all those who have thus far been blessed uh, by the quarantine revival, we are so amazed by this brainchild of my buddy, uh, Pastor J.D. But yeah, let's get into the word today. I'm just glad to see all of you. I'm glad for the opportunity. I want to point your attention, if you would journey with me, to the Old Testament book of Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles is where we will be hanging out today as we uh, try to glean a word from the Lord for our hearts today. Second Chronicles, and we're going to look at chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20, and uh, we'll highlight verses 1 through 9, and then we'll settle down in verses 12 through 15. Again, Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 through 9 and 12 through 15. The word of the Lord says, and after this, the Moabites and Ammonites and with some of the Meonites came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea. And behold, they are Hazazan Tamar, that is in Gedi. And then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord before the new court, and said, O Lord, God, our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the nations. In your hand are power and might, so that none is able to withstand you. Did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it over to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? And they have lived in it and have built for you in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, pestilence, pandemic, whatever, uh, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house. I hope y'all are receiving the word today. He said, for your name is in this house and cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear and save. Let's jump down to verse 12. And the Bible says, oh, our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. Listen, 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 listen. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. <laughs> I could preach that right now. We, hey, we do not know what to do, God but our eyes are on you. Meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jeel, the, and of Mathaniah, a Levite of the son of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord to you, do not be afraid, do not be dismayed at this great horde. For the battle is not yours, but it is God's. I want to speak to you this evening, as the Lord permits me under the title, The Phantom Fighter. The Phantom Fighter. We're praying. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I come before you today as humble I know how. I'm realizing the magnitude of my own sin, Lord, but I also realize the majesty of your grace. And today I pray that you would give me that special anointing that makes preaching easy. 
Lord, I pray for that for every listener, Lord, all across the world, that they would they would receive a special blessing from your word today. Give us a little bit of encouragement to make it and to go on another day. Please be with Pastor JD, Lord, be with this ministry, be with every heart, every home that is blessed through this ministry. Help those of us who are privileged that we will give and so that others can receive and get to feel the love of Jesus. And Lord, uh, as humbly as I know how, I beg you that you would please uh, give me that special anointing again that makes preaching easy. And I'll be careful to give you the praise. For we ask it in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. And all that believe said, Amen, Amen, Amen. The Phantom, the Phantom Fighter. Uh, I want to uh, wrestle tonight with the subject. Dr. Doggett taught us to be expository preachers. And, and so I want to wrestle with the subject tonight. What do you do uh, when you don't know what to do? What do you do in those moments when you just don't know what to do? Uh, we all can agree that we're living in very uncertain times. Uh, we're living now in a season that provides more questions than answers. And, uh, and, and the truth is that uh, we're living in times that, that, that sometimes we begin to wonder. We may not do it audibly. We may not, uh, you know, this may not be something that we promulgate in a testimony service. We may not admit it to our pastor, maybe not even to our spouse. But when you watch the news and you consider the consternation of this pandemic, it causes you to wonder deep down in the recesses of your mind, does God even care? I, I was watching and thinking about slavery and, and I was thinking about the Middle Passage and what our ancestors had to go through being plucked out of their own territory, being brought across the transatlantic slave trade and, 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 and subjected to servitude and, and their backs were beaten and bloodied and, and lacerated. I, I, I thought about the fact that even after slavery was abolished and they had to endure the Jim Crow days and, and black men were being hung from trees and, 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 and judge me if you want, but I can't help but wonder to myself, God, do you see this uh, and do you care? Uh, when I consider uh, the wildfires that were ravaging states as well as other regions in the world, I couldn't help but wonder, God, do you even care? I, I remember on September 11, 2001, when airplanes came crashing into the Twin Towers in New York City's World Trade Center, and, 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 and so many lives were lost on that Tuesday morning. And, and I remember somebody even getting on the news and asking, God, do you care? Now, I, I, I consider uh, how Hurricane Katrina ravaged the South in 2005, and, 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 and I remember watching the news and seeing people with tear-stained eyes as they watched the devastation of the destruction, all their life savings, their homes that they've invested in, all of it has been reduced to ruin and rubble. And, and, and I can't help but wonder, God, do you care? When I consider how Hurricane Sandy ravaged uh, the North in 2012 and how Hurricane Harvey uh, devastated Texas and the Southwest region in 2017, I consider Hurricane Irma in Florida, which was the costliest hurricane ever recorded in the United States history in 2017. And I can't help but to wonder to myself, God, do you care? When I consider Hurricane Jose and Hurricane Katia that 
devastated the Caribbean and Southern Florida in 2017. And still today, people are homeless and displaced without food or clean water. And I can't help but ask myself, God, do you care? When I consider the devastation of Hurricane Dorian in September of 2019, this hurricane had wind speeds of 185 miles an hour, but the hurricane moved at a staggering one mile per minute. Picture that thing, beloved. It moved at one mile per minute, 185 mile an hour winds. And I consider how it just kind of hovered and wreaked havoc in the north, um, the northeast of Bahama region, causing over 70 fatalities, over 282 missing persons, $3.4 billion in damage. Reporters declared that it was the strongest hurricane to hit the region in recorded history. And I can't help but wonder, God, do you even care? In 2020, I can't speak for anybody else on this line today, but this has been the longest year in my life. Uh, <laughs> and it's only April. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, it started in January on the 26th with the untimely death of the 42-year-old basketball legend, star, icon, Kobe Bryant, leaving behind his young daughter and his young wife, rather, and four young children. And I can't help but wonder, God, are you seeing this? Uh, do, 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 you, do you even care, God? Uh, and, and when I when I consider this pandemic, COVID-19, and, 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 and I could consider the fact that governors are, are, are opting to reopen uh, the state to business as usual in the midst of a pandemic, even though there is still no known cure, we don't have enough tests, we don't have enough masks, we don't have enough gloves. And I can't help but wonder uh, the, 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 that, that, that how can a governor consider it safe to reopen the state for business? God, are you seeing this? Uh, do you care? And then, when I consider the fact that your president suggested that maybe if we simply get some UV light into the body or inject COVID positive patients with some sort of disinfectant that, that, that it will ostensibly kill the virus on the spot. It got so bad that the CDC had to get on the news yesterday and the company that makes Lysol had to put out a warning not to ingest disinfectants after Trump's remarks. And I, I see that and I say, God, do you care? One of my members had the nerve. Uh, she don't like when I talk about Trump, but you're gonna have to deal with it, baby, because I'm gonna talk about him as long as he's in office. How, how in the world can you back up a guy that gets in front of it and suggests that we need to put some disinfectant to kill a virus. And, 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 and she, oh, pastor, why is it that Trump's words make you question God? I said, I didn't question God. I just wanted to know why God didn't cut off his mic when he wanted to suggest something as silly as putting disinfectant to kill a virus in a human body. And I watched the whole thing play out and wonder, God, do you care? There go my organism. <laughs> the fact that the economy I consider that the economy would never be the same again. Some of us have been investing for years in your 401k, and now you've lost the four and you lost the one. You just got the O and the K. And you got to deal with this. You, you know, I think about the fact that Social Security and, and our financial future, what in the world is going to happen? And I wonder, does God care? As of yesterday, there were 2.8 million, 2.8 million cases recorded and over 197,000 deaths worldwide at the hands of coronavirus. This week alone, I buried three of my own church members, three people that I love. You don't know how hard it feels to have to delete people's names from your phone. 
to rehearse text messages from people you've, you've pastored and loved and visited and ate with and sat with and preached to and hugged. And they, weren't, they didn't die at the hands of COVID-19. On Monday, I buried one of our seniors and I believe in my heart, she just died of a broken heart. But on Sunday, I buried a mother and a child that lost their lives at the hands of domestic violence. And, 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 and just to see that five-year-old boy in that tiny casket, it did something to me. And while I stood there on the cemetery in the gravesite and the rain was pouring down and I couldn't help but ask God do you see this and do you care and for those of you who want to judge and criticize me for sometimes wondering if God cares I just want to let you know that I'm in good company because it was David who penned while he was evading the murderous hand of Saul and while he was sheltered in place in the cave of Dullam, even the mighty valiant soon to be King David started to wonder so much so that he penned, I looked to my right hand and behold, there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. And one old hymnologist just penned the words that describes our lamentations and our cogitations when we go through the uncertain times of life. And they said, does Jesus care when my heart is pain? too deeply for myrrh or song. As the burden press and the cares distress and the way grows weary and long. They said, does Jesus care when my way is dark with a nameless dread and fear as the daylight fades into deep night shades? Does he care enough to be there? They said, does Jesus care when I've tried and failed to resist some temptation strong? When my deep grief, when for my deep grief, there's no relief through my tears throw flow all the night long. They said, does Jesus care when I've said goodbye to the dear on earth to me and my sad heart aches till it nearly breaks is it ought to him does he see that's what we're wrestling with this evening beloved that's what we're wrestling with in this message how do you handle those moments when your back is against the wall how do you handle those moments when the enemy comes in like a flood how do you handle those moments when you're overwhelmed by the turbulences of life how do you handle those moments when you have more questions than you got answers how do you handle those moments when you feel like it's just you and the enemy going toe to toe and blow for blow. What do you do when you just don't know what to do? <laughs> the passage that we've been directly, divinely directed to consider in times like these provide for us some insight on how to navigate through times of uncertainty. Allow me to introduce you to a man named Jehoshaphat. He, he was a descendant of King David, the fourth king of Judah, uh, the, the, the son, he was the son and successor of a man named Asa, who was, is recorded as a good king that responded to every crisis by doing that which was right in the sight, in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, Jehoshaphat began his kingly reign at the age of 35 years old, and he determined to maintain the stability of the Davidic dynasty and the integrity of his father's legacy. He endeavored to persuade his subjects to take a firm stand against idolatrous practices. To sum it all up, he was a good king. Not perfect, but a, a good king. Uh, and so the context of our pericope informs us that by this time, Israel and Judah were two divided kingdoms. And while Jehoshaphat determined to do what was right in the sight of the Lord, 2 Chronicles 22, 9 declares, Jehoshaphat sought the Lord with all his heart, but he was contemporaries with an idolatrous king of Israel. You know his name, uh, King Ahab, uh, the one that was married to the immoral, fanatical pagan named Jezebel. 
Uh, now, one of Jehoshaphat's major mistakes during his reign was when he decided to make an alliance with King Ahab to go to war. And Ahab wanted to recapture the town of Ramoth Gilead from the Syrians. And so he invited Jehoshaphat to join in his campaign against their common enemy. Jehoshaphat consented to go, but being the good king that he was, he suggested that they first seek counsel from God. And as you know, Ahab had forsaken God years earlier to worship the pagan god Baal. And so he proceeded to call in 400 hired prophets to stand before the two kings. With dramatic display, these false prophets said, go and fight the Syrians and you will be victorious. Uh, but the whole thing didn't sit well with King Jehoshaphat, so he requested that they hear from a true prophet of the Lord. Uh, because Jehoshaphat knew enough about God to know that not everything that sounds right is righteous. Uh, Jehoshaphat knew enough about God to know that not every prophecy that sounds good comes from God. Jehoshaphat knew enough about God to know that there are some prophets that God sent, and then there's the rest that kind of just went. Uh, Jehoshaphat knew enough about God to know that there are those who who are prophets, and then there are those who profit. And uh, God desires to use prophetic voices and not profitable voices. Uh, and, and so Jehoshaphat was not satisfied with the false, although flattering, predictions of the pagan prophets of Baal. He insisted that they hear from the true prophets of God. And allow me to pause here parenthetically to declare that you've got to be intentional about filtering the voices that you allow to prophesy over your life. There are those who have spoken peril over your life when God has spoken peace. There are those who told you you're going to hell because of a mistake of your past, but God has already forgiven you and given you grace. There are those who have given you a dismal prediction, but God has promised you a plain path. And in the same like manner, there are those who have prophesied prosperity over your life that you will not see on this side of heaven. Come on, let's be honest, beloved, because it can't be everybody's season. Not everybody's going to be rich. Not everybody's going to make it on this side of earth. Some of us, the only time we're going to get richer is when you're finally walking on streets of gold. And so Jehoshaphat wanted to hear from a true prophet of God. <laughs> King Ahab said, <laughs> you got J.D. feeling happy this morning. <laughs> Ahab said that there's one prophet of Jehovah left whose name was Micaiah. But he added, he said, I hate him. For he never prophesies good concerning me, but always evil. And because of Jehoshaphat's insistence, King Ahab reluctantly sent a servant to fetch the prophet Micaiah. And the, the brave prophet came and, and made a very unpopular prediction. He told King Ahab that he's going to die in battle in Syria. And so Ahab now faced a tough decision. Do I uh, believe the 400 prophets who have provided me a favorable prophecy? Or should I believe the one true prophet of the Lord? Uh, but Ahab stubbornly persuaded Jehoshaphat to disregard the warning of the prophet Micaiah and join him in war. And it is here that Abraham learned the hard way that you really can't escape the word of God. King Ahab died in battle. In 2 Chronicles chapter 19, verses 1 through 3, we read of a prophet named Jehu who rebuked King Jehoshaphat for joining alliances with King Ahab. And the progression of the text suggests to us that Jehoshaphat received the rebuke. He repented, he, and he ruled Judah wisely. And so it is against the backdrop of this God-fearing king 
who rebounded from such a major mistake. He was a recipient of God's generous grace and magnanimous mercy. And he was, he was in his heart, he was desiring to please God through his leadership. But then he gets word from his messengers that there are three armies, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Meonites, who have conspired and consolidated together to declare war against Jehoshaphat. The Bible says in, in verse three that Jehoshaphat feared. Uh, now, this text is worthy of pausing momentarily for critical analysis uh, because the way the English Standard Version of the Bible translates the text, it, it gives the connotation that he was afraid um, of the army. Uh, but when you consider the word fear in the Hebrew, you would discover that to fear doesn't only mean to be afraid, uh, but to fear means to stand in awe, to stand in reverence, to honor, and to respect. And so on the one hand, the reader might be inclined to believe that the objects of his fear were the three consolidated armies. But on the other hand, when you consider the Hebrew and the context of the verse, I'm at liberty to believe that his fear wasn't just against the multitude that was coming against him. His fear wasn't just against the realization of human frailty and his own guilt from his past, but maybe, just maybe, his fear was that he sensed here and he remembered how God delivered him in the past and he stood in awe more at the power and majesty of God than at the destructive force of his enemies. How did I come to that conclusion? Well, I'm so glad you asked because the Bible says in verse 3 that he turned his face towards the, to seek the Lord and he proclaimed a fast. And this glorious reality brings us to our first point this evening. What do you do when you don't know what to do? First of all, you've got to refocus your attention. Would you do me a favor and, and proclaim that in your house today? Shout that so the enemy could hear. You've got to refocus your attention. Uh, the Bible says in verses 3, through four of our text, Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20, verses three through four. The Bible says, the Bible says, uh, and, and then Jehoshaphat was afraid and he set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to, to seek help from the Lord from all the cities of Judah. They came to seek the Lord. Uh, you, you gotta see this thing, beloved. Jehoshaphat was faced with a major obstacle Three armies have combined their forces. They were coming for Jehoshaphat. Uh, but the way the text reads to me is that as soon as he's approached with the problem, he immediately shifts his focus to the problem solver. And you don't have to agree with what I said earlier. I realize that it's human for fear to be our first response and faith to be our last resort. I'm a living witness. I consider myself faithful. I've seen God do so much with so little. I've seen God open doors for me that no man can close. I've seen God close doors that no man can open. But I understand that even faithful people have fear. I remember just a couple weeks ago, I came back home from walking my dog. And as I led him into the backyard, I went into the front door of my house. And as I climbed this front stairs to my house, I saw my hose on the fr in front of my door. And, uh, and I'm thinking to myself, why in the world is my hose in front of the door? Uh, I haven't used my hose in days. Who would have moved my, I know my wife didn't do, who would have moved my hose? And when I opened the door and the light shined on the hose, I realized it wasn't my hose, it was a snake. And this faithful man was fearful. And I ran into that house so fast. I can't tell you what I said because I don't want to lose my job. But I shut that door and my first instinct was fear. I got sweaty. I went and called my 
my wife and showed her the snake. It was a long snake. And I went and the, my first reaction was, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And then after fear, then I started to think sensibly. Went upstairs, got my pistol, and I took it to that, <laughs> to that snake. Now, you got to get context. I'm from New York. We don't do snakes in New York. And I've prided myself. I've been a southerner for 15 years, and we've never seen a snake loose. This was our first time. And so fear was my first response. And, and, and all I'm trying to say is that even in those moments when we experience the natural reaction of fear, as soon as we come to our senses, we need to turn to our God for supernatural intervention, realizing that only God can put his super to my natural. Only God can put his extra to my ordinary. Oh, what peace we often forfeit and all what needless pains we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Another hypnologist said it this way, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Don't tell your God how big your problem is, you tell your problem how big your God is. <laughs> Ah, Jehoshaphat realized that he himself is no match against the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Midianites. But you know what? God is. And I, I speak today with the sobering reality that I am no match for a contagious pandemic, a corrupt president, and a crippled economy. I stand, uh, I stand and confess boldly that I am no match for diabetes, hypertension, and cancer. I, I stand with the realization that I'm no match for haters, debaters, and speculators. But guess what? God is. And so before you run to the phone, you need to run to the throne. <laughs> and, 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 and so King Je Jehoshaphat sets up the example by his own personal devotion. Now notice in the text, he did not ask the people to seek the Lord for him. Instead, he told them to seek the Lord with him. Uh, Jehoshaphat invited the entire nation to join him in expressing their total dependence on God by taking their attention away from the problem and focusing on him through fasting and prayer. Uh, you see, prayer draws us closer to the heart of God. And fasting is a powerful expression of our total dependence on God. The Bible says that the people assembled in the house of God, in the arena where they would normally gather for seasons of rejoicing and celebration. But on this occasion, with the armies approaching, it became a place of prayer. And that brings us to our second point tonight. One more after this and we're through. What do you do when you don't know what to do? First of all, you've got to refocus your attention uh, because when you focus on the attention, the, the, uh, your attention on the problem, the problem becomes magnified. That's what it does. The more you focus on it, it becomes magnified. And that's why you've got to focus on God. The more you focus on God is the more he becomes magnified. That's why the word says magnify the Lord with me. Uh, you got to focus. You got to refocus your attention. But secondly, what do you do when you don't know what to do? Secondly, you've got to rehearse how God has made a way in the past. I said you got to rehearse how God has made a way in your past. The Bible says in verses five through nine of our text, and Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem and the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God, our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might so that none is able to withstand you. Did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before the people of Israel and give them, give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? And they, they have lived in it and built for you a, a sanctuary for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, the sword or judgment or pestilence or famine 
We will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. See this thing, beloved. Jehoshaphat began to recall the undisputable fact that God can make a way. Uh, he and, and, and if he did it before, he can do it again. Uh, they, 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 listen, beloved, there is no greater testimony of what God can do for you today than the evidence of what he's done in the past. Uh, inspiration says uh, that we have nothing to fear for the future, except that we forget how our God has led us in the past. Uh, and every now and then, in order to navigate imaginatively forward, you've got to reflect introspectively back Backwards. And so Jehoshaphat said in verse 6, he said, Oh Lord Jehovah, you are God of our fathers. In other words, he said, You are God of Adam and Eve. You are God of Noah. You are God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You are God of Moses. Therefore, he said, You are the God of history. Uh, and then he said, You are the ruler of of nations. Uh, that means he is the God of sovereignty. Uh, all kings are his. All people are his. Man may have some power, but only God has all power. He can do as he wishes. He can create or destroy. He can raise up or tear down. He sets kings up and tears them down as he chooses. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. All hail the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall, bring forth the royal diadem, and crown him Lord of all. <laughs> the people of Judah knew who God was. They simply needed a reminder of what he has done. What are you saying tonight, preacher? All I'm postulating today is that you should trust God because of who he is. You should trust God because he's holy. You should trust God because he's king. You should trust God because he's all powerful. You should trust God because he loves you. But not only should you trust God because of who he is, you should also trust God because of what he's already done. Look again at verse 7, beloved. Look again at verse 7. Jehoshaphat starts to rehearse what God has already done. He said, God, did you drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? God has already done great things. It is God that drove out the Canaanites and gave the land to the descendants of Abraham. It is God that raised up Moses. It is God that emancipated the people from Egyptian bondage. It is God that opened up the Red Sea like a multi-lane highway. It is God that caused the walls of Jericho to fall. Then maybe, maybe, just maybe, Jehoshaphat started to think of what the Lord has done in his own life, even when he was doing wrong, even when he was in places that he had no business being, even when he was with people that he had no business being with. Jehoshaphat provided ocular evidence and panoramic proof that no weapon formed against thee shall prosper. I wish I had a few bodies on the line today who knows how the story goes because you know that when Jehoshaphat was at war with King Ahab, that corrupt king of Israel, that the word of the prophet of the Lord was that Ahab was going to die in battle. 
Uh, but Ahab thought that he could outsmart God. He knew that the enemy would be looking for a king. And so look at what Ahab told Joshua, told Jehoshaphat in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 18 and verse 29. Look what he says. He says, uh, Jehoshaphat, I'm going to disguise myself and go into battle. I'm going to put on uh, the, 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 the clothes that the soldiers have on. Uh, but you, Jehoshaphat, you wear kingly robes. And, and, and the king of Israel described himself, uh, he disguised himself, and they went into battle. And when the captains of the Syrian army saw Jehoshaphat riding his horse with his kingly robes on, they went to attack him. But the Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 18 and verse 31 that Jehoshaphat cried unto the Lord and the Lord helped him. I wish I had an audience right about here to preach this thing, y'all. But that's not the shot. That's not the shot. Here's the shot. Here's the shot. In verse 33, it says that a random man with, pulled out a random bow and just randomly shot it into the crowd. And of all the people for the bow to hit, it didn't hit Jehoshaphat in his kingly robes on his horse. But of all the people to hit, it hit the wicked King Ahab, who was camouflaged with all the other soldiers. And it didn't hit him in a part of the armor that protected him. It hit him in a chink in the armor. And I could imagine that while Jehoshaphat was rehearsing what God has done for others in the past, that surely he thought of how God protected him when he was a sitting duck. And I have a sneaky suspicion tonight uh, that there's somebody on this line uh, that realizes that that arrow had your name on it. Uh, that bullet had your name on it. Uh, it should have been me outdoors uh, with no food and no clothes, uh, all alone without a friend, uh, or just another number with a tragic end. But God didn't see fit uh, to let none of these things be. Uh, but every day with his power, have I got one witness in the building. He keeps on keeping me. And I just say, thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. While you're rehearsing what God has done for others, make sure that you remember that you are living, breathing, walking, talking witnesses that he has done great things for me. It was God that kept your ancestors through the middle passage. It was God that kept you through the tower attacks in 9-11. Some of you were in New York like I was that day. It was God that kept you when Hurricane Katrina ravaged the South. It was God that kept you when Hurricane Sandy devastated the North. It was God that kept you when Hurricane Harvey hit Houston. It was God that kept you through anthrax. It was God that kept you when SARS struck. It was God that kept you through mad cow disease. It was God that kept you through the bird flu. It was God that kept you through the West Nile virus. It was God that kept you through chikungunya in 2014. It was God that kept you through the Ebola epidemic in 2015. I've been broke before, but I've never been so broke that I starved to death. I've been robbed at gunpoint before, but I've never been shot. I've been in a car that flipped over before, but I never broke my bones. I've hit a deer on the highway and totaled my car, but I'm living proof that a thousand shot fall at my side and ten at my right hand, but it shall not come nigh me. If God never does anything else for me, he's already done enough. <laughs> so what do you do? What do you do when you don't know what to do? Third and final point. First of all, we've got to refocus your attention. Some of us, we spend too much time looking at the problem. We've got to refocus and, and focus on the problem solver. You do that through your prayer, through your devotion, through your worship. 
secondly, you've got to rehearse. you got to memorize, re rehearse, think it over what God has done in the past. And thirdly and finally tonight, thank you for having me. I'm so blessed to be here. I can't wait. Got to go. But I got to give you this last point before I go. Thirdly, you've got to rely on God's power. You've got to rely on God's power. Notice, notice, uh, y'all excuse me if I shout on this now. I'm, I'm trying to contain myself. I, I, you know, I ain't used to preaching to a screen like this, but but y'all bear with me. Uh, notice, notice Jehoshaphat's resolve. Uh, uh, considering who God is uh, and, and all that he's done, um, uh, notice his resolve in verse 12. He says, God, <laughs> uh, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Yes, sir. <laughs> we, God, uh, we, we really don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And this is one of the most touching expressions of trust in God found in the scriptures, beloved. And you got to see this thing because verse 13 informs us that all the men of Judah and their wives and their children were there. Uh, I, I could see the young babies and the children with tear-filled eyes, worried looks on their face, and they're wondering what's next for our country. What's going to happen? What, what is going to? How are we going to be safe in this time of pandemic? And 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 the word of God says that that while their eyes are fixated on the king, it is here that Jehoshaphat, standing before the people, openly confessed that he did not have the answers. Their only answer was to trust in God, that his power and goodness would protect Judah when nothing else could. And beloved, I, I stood today just to let you know I don't have all the answers. And the answers that we need to make it through this pandemic uh, uh, soap and water is good and sanitizer helps, uh, but that's not the answer that we need. I boldly and openly confess, I don't know if the economy would ever get back together. I don't know when things will ever get back to a resemble of normalcy. I just don't know. I don't have the answers, but I know who have the answers. Uh, and this is where it gets good as I take as I get out of here. Uh, in verse 15, it says that the spirit of God fell on a man standing in the midst of a crowd named Jehaziel. And he said, listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord to you, be not afraid and do not be dismayed of this great horde for uh, the battle is not yours, <laughs> but God's. Uh, and, and that was the reassurance that they needed in order to know that there is a phantom fighter who is in complete control of the battle. Uh, just because you, they couldn't see him doesn't mean that he wasn't there. Uh, the Bible says in verse 21 that Jehoshaphat was so confident in God's power to deliver that he instructed the praise team to put on their choir robes and, and go in, the, in, in front of the frontline fighters and soldiers. And they began to go into a season of worship and praise. And the Bible says in verse 22 that they began to sing and praise the Lord. And, and, and the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah so that they were routed. Uh, they didn't win this battle with swords and shields. They won it with their praise. Uh, the three armies started to fight against each other, and the battle between the armies was so fierce that when Jehoshaphat and his army arrived, they were nothing but dead bodies, and not a single enemy soldier survived. And I just stopped by to let you know that in seasons of uncertainty, when you just don't know what to do, you ought to take your focus off of your problem and think about 
about the invisible warrior. Think about who he is and what he's done. Think about his power and his might. Think about the fact that the word says that all things work together for good to them that love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. You see, a phantom, a phantom by definition is a ghost or a spirit who haunts an illusion. It's, it's an apparition. Uh, so to those who don't believe, he may seem to be a phantom. Uh, but for those of us who do believe, he's our father. Uh, and, and there are so many accounts recorded in history where God intervened in spectacular manners, although invisible to his enemies. Uh, he was unseen to Balaam, who, as he sojourned in an attempt to curse God's people, but See, he couldn't see the phantom fighter that stood in his way, uh, but the donkey could see him. Uh, he was the unseen army in the mulberry treetops when, when, when King David was getting ready to face the Philistines to retrieve the Ark of the Covenant. And God said, do not pursue until you hear the sound of the army in the trees. Uh, he was the unseen army when the four starving lepers invaded the camp of the Syrian army, only to discover that there was no man there because the Bible says that the Lord, the phantom warrior, moved in phantom-like fashion and caused the Syrian army to hear what sounds like war and they ran and left their food and their clothes and their silver and their gold and the four lepers were able to go and get just what they needed. Some may not see him working on the outside, but we can feel him moving on the inside. The same way God can make blind eyes see, he can make seeing eyes blind because those who know him, who don't know him, he's a phantom, but for those of us who love him, he's our father and there's one thing I know about God, and I'm saying this and I'm out of here. There's one thing I know about God. I'm going to say it one more time. There's one thing I know about God, and that that that, that is that God only cares about one thing. I'm going to give you that again. There's one thing I know about God, and that is that God only cares about one thing. You want to know what that one thing is? That one thing is you. And so I close by answering the question that I quoted at the beginning of this message from the hymnologist. Does Jesus care when my heart is pained too deeply for mercy? or song as the burdens press and the care distress and the way grows weary and long. And I'm going to answer that question to you as I go, oh yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary, the long nights jury, I know my Savior cares. And I stopped by to let somebody know on Facebook Live tonight that Jesus cares about you. He cares about your children. He cares about your parents. He cares about your family. He cares about your situation. He cares about your desperation. He cares about your devastation. He cares about your aggravation. He cares about your agitation. Jesus cares. He cares about the overlooked. He cares about the ostracized and the marginalized. Jesus cares. One thing I know about God, and that's that God only cares about one thing, and that one thing is you. He moved in phantom-like fashion for Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah. They were delivered from the threat of mortal death. Uh, but God had to preserve Jehoshaphat uh, because according to Matthew chapter, chapter 1 and verse 8, uh, Jehoshaphat was a predecessor to Jesus. Uh, and uh, our threat wasn't mortal uh, death, uh, but Jesus came uh, from uh, to relieve us from the threat of eternal death. Uh, and he cares about you so much uh, that he let them place him in a borrowed tomb on Friday. He cares about you so much uh, that, he let, that he rested in the tomb on Sabbath. Uh, he cares about you so much uh, that he rose on Sunday morning with all power in his hand. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? 
I'm not talking about a ghost today. I'm not talking about a phantom today. I serve a risen living Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living. Whatever man may say, I see his hands of mercy and I hear his voice of cheer and just the time I need him, he's always there. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me. He talks with me a long life's now away. He lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Another songwriter said, be not dismayed, whatever be tired. God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide. God will take care of you. God will take care of you through every day, all the way. He will take care of you. God will take care of you. Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. He walks with me. He talks with me. He tells me that I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, no other has ever known. I will trust Christ in the crisis because if God can bring Christ through Calvary, then God can keep us through Corona. What is COVID compared to Calvary? What do you do when you don't know what to do? I will praise my way through. I will shout my way through. I will bless the Lord at all times. I'm out of here, y'all. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Yes, Thank you for bringing me, J.D. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. For I sought the Lord, and he delivered me from all my fear. The Lord is my life and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? afraid. When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came to eat up my flesh, they couldn't see him. He was a phantom like fighter, but they stumbled and fell. But one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his tabernacle. He shall set me up upon a rock. Have I got a witness in the building? Have I got a witness in the building? Somebody say yes. If God has kept you, if you remember what he's done in your past, if you remember to refocus your your attention, if you remember to rely on his power, you ought to give God praise. Thank you for having me, man. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Y'all awesome. God bless you. My God, my God, my God, has the Lord spoken to you tonight through this powerful word. I need to know right now if God has said anything to you that has been of substance, that has in an effective and, and convicting way moved you forward. You've been in You've been inflamed with the spirit of God that has fallen upon you right now, Pastor. We, as, we appreciate you. We receive the word, and we believe that what you declare tonight is true. Those who don't know him, he's a phantom. But those who do know him, he's a father. My God, my God, what a powerful word. Thank you so much, Doc. At this present moment, I need to ask, though, if someone who is listening and tuning in to this particular experience I need to know if God has spoken to you and you are at that place of decision where you need to submit your life to the Lordship of Christ. You need to accept him as your savior. We dare not close this broadcast. We dare not close this live stream without offering you an opportunity 
to utilize the gift of choice and to utilize your volition and say yes to the Lord and give your heart to him right now. My question is clear. My question is simple. Do you tonight accept Jesus as your Lord? Do you trust him in the middle of your storm? Do you believe that as the phantom fighter, he is going to give you victory over whatever you are facing right now in this season? If that is you, I want to pray this prayer over you, and I'm going to ask that God would have his divine way. Father in heaven, we say thank you right now for this mighty man of God who came with the fire from glory to declare this word to us. We praise you, Lord, because you knew exactly what it was we stood in the need of this evening. And tonight we've received it with open hearts and with open minds. I pray right now that you would allow us to walk in faith, that we would leave this place believing as we launch into this new week that we are walking with a phantom fighter, that you are on our side, that there's no reason to be afraid, that if we would just remember what you've done, focus our attention on you and rely on your power, we know that we will make it out of this thing all right. We thank you, God, for this preacher. We pray right now a prayer of blessing on him. We pray that you would cover him and his family. We pray that you would turn his home into a piece of heaven on earth, that you would transform um, anything that the enemy is using for evil against him and use it for his good. Elevate him in every way and allow him to continue to be used as a vessel of honor like he did tonight De to declare that word. I pray that you would continue to use him to declare this word all over the world. We love you, Lord. We say thank you for this experience. We celebrate you for you are good. In the name of Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Ladies and gentlemen, if it is your desire, to be baptized. We already have someone who has taken that step. They've broken the ice for you. And they've decided that they want to be a part of a virtual baptism. And we want to offer that same opportunity to you. If it is your desire to get special prayer, or you want to go down in the watery grave of baptism, and you know that this is the move that God is telling you to make, then we want you to reach out to us. Send us a private message through the Quarantine Revival Facebook page. Hit us up on Instagram. Do whatever you need to do to let us know that you are desiring to make that step so that we can support you. We are your family. We're here for you. And we want you to know that you have an open line of communication to us. And we want to walk with you all the way through. Thank you again, Pastor Kelly, for the amazing word that you declared tonight. We celebrate you. Pastor Humphreys, can you come back in and unmute that mic? And let's just go ahead and affirm this preacher right here. Let's give this man a round of applause for being so faithful tonight to the call that God has placed on his life. Thank you. We needed that tonight, man. Yes. As the first QR history yeah. speaker, we appreciate you for coming through and being faithful to the call. At this present moment, we're about to have our outro, but before we let you go, we just want to remind you that tomorrow night, we're going to have Pastor Austin Humphreys, the man of God who prayed us up this evening, the man of God who interceded on our behalf. We're tomorrow night going to have him bring the word. So we want you to prepare yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, don't let this word that hit you tonight, don't allow it to hit the floor. Hold on to that thing. Sleep with it this evening. Marinate in it. And allow, as your mind is ruminating over those things that God has deposited into your spirit, allow God to elevate you to the next level. Thank you again so very much for tuning in. We love you. We thank you. And if you want to sow your seed, if you want to help a family who is in financial crisis, you can use the cash app. The handle is the money sign, 
the quarantine revival. Again, the money sign, the quarantine revival. God bless you. Have an amazing evening. And we'll see you tomorrow for all of you who've accepted the QR challenge.